Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. We hope and pray the following message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. So let's get into the word of the Lord this morning. Galatians chapter 1, verse number 6. Paul said, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him. From him who called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. And so I speak today from this thought, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's beyond duplication. You cannot duplicate what thus saith the word of the Lord. And if you love the gospel of Jesus Christ, say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Thinking about our 90 years and um, the 90th anniversary of our church started in 1932 and um, the wonderful founding pastor, we talked about him this morning in our Finding New Life class Brother S.R. Hanby uh, established this church in 1932, but not just this church. He opened churches in Logan and Baltimore and Lauraville and uh, many, other pla- uh, many other places here in central Ohio where he established works and he was really an apostle. He brought the gospel to this region and uh, our church was a part of that process. I had the privilege of preaching for him in August of 1975, I was 22 years old, and I'll never forget being in their home, and the peace of God and the love of God was in that home in such a powerful way out in Schenectady, New York, where they were establishing another church. And uh, sitting there in their backyard, he began to explain to me the possibility of revival. It's like planting a seed of corn. And the yield comes back many, many times over. And he talked about planting the Word of God into people's hearts. And when you look at all of the churches that he established, indeed what he shared as his philosophy with the kingdom, planting, watering, watching it grow, Brother Hanby was a mighty, mighty man of God. And if you would have been here in 1932, how many was born in 1932 or before that? You was alive in 1932. Anyone in the building? Praise God. So I can't say if you were here, um, but if you would have been here in 1932, you would have heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ preached exactly the way we preach it today. Amen. Following him was Brother R.G. Cook, and uh, Brother Cook was a tremendous man of God. He was here 28 years. He was the um, Assistant General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church in the Eastern Zone, and uh, I never had the privilege. I saw him many times on the platform at General Conference, but I never had the privilege of meeting Brother Cook. But my understanding is he was just a, uh, that he was real short and his wife was real tall. I think I might have had that backwards a little bit. 
but he was real tall and Sister Cook was real short. And they, they uh, loved God and they poured themselves into the kingdom here in Lancaster. And if you would have heard the message, the gospel message that he preached, it would have been the same as Brother S.R. Hamby preached. And then following Brother Cook, is this our 90th anniversary? I feel like I've gotten myself launched into the 90th. But following uh, Brother Cook was Brother Lehman. And Brother and Sister Lehman uh, are supposed to be with us for our 90th. And uh, we're excited about that. And what a tremendous, tremendous man of God and woman of God they are. And then following Brother and Sister Lehman was Brother and Sister Rome. And they actually were here when this building was built in 1978. They had a vision for uh, building and expanding the kingdom, and we thank God for that. And following Brother Rome was Brother Fitzgerald, who was here for 10 years. And then we came in 1994. And so over 90 years, there have been six pastors that have graced the pulpit of New Life Christian Center. And I am happy to tell you that what each and every one of those wonderful men and pastors preached is the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, it is beyond duplication. You can't duplicate this with some other gospel. Amen. So let's get into the word of the Lord today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you, what? The gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that He was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep." After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. You see, there are several things that I invite you to consider on this Sunday morning concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ from the passage that I just shared with you from the words of the apostle Paul. First of all, Paul said, I declare unto you the gospel. Declare means to publicly announce it, uh, to make it known to speak it, to assert it, to affirm it, to proclaim it. And the Apostle Paul was not, he was not hesitant to share the gospel. He said, I declare this unto you. And the Apostle Paul said, uh, the gospel that I preach unto you. Not only did he declare it, but he preached it unto that generation. And that means, preached in that sense means that he urged, that he pushed forward with the truth. He wanted people to receive it. And we find in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He preached the word of God. Also in that passage, not only did the apostle Paul say, I declare the gospel and I preach the gospel, but he said, it's the gospel wherein we stand. And to this day, this church 
stands for the truth. And may I say today at the outset that the gospel we're talking about is traceable back through the history of our church to 1932, but that's not where this message began. This message began on the day of Pentecost. And so Paul said in Romans chapter 1, so as much as in me is, I am ready. I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Last night we had a powerful prayer meeting here at 6 o'clock and there was a tremendous touch of the Lord that came into this room and following that uh, we broke out into three different teams of ministers that we sent to pray for people and there was uh, a team that went to pray for the Speakmans and another that went to Sister Kale's house and Brother Bethel and Brother Preston and I went to pray for Brother Pat McNally. And uh, this is something we're going to start doing. So if you have a loved one that is shut in or someone that you want us to go to their house, we're going to start sending ministry teams to homes to pray for people and to, to, to encourage people and to bless people. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a God thing. And it's something we want to do. Amen. It really is. It's, it's, it's sharing the gospel. It's taking the gospel. And so... When Brother Bethel and Brother Preston and I arrived at Brother Pat McNally's house, he was outside. And we had about 10 minutes uh, because we said, now we're going to coordinate our prayer with the, the team that's at Sister Kale's and the team that's at the Speakman's. We're all going to pray at, at 7.30. And then those that were here for prayer, we asked them at 7.30, let's all focus in and pray. And so we spoke to Brother uh, Pat for a while and had some fellowship with him. And then at 7.30, uh, we began to pray. He was out on his front lawn and we, uh, we knelt down next to him and we began to pray and the Holy Ghost showed up. And the presence of God was powerfully resting upon Brother Pat. And uh, the glory of God was, was there. And Brother Pat made this statement when we got finished, well, I guess the whole neighborhood knows what's going on now. Praise God. And, and we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll pray it on the front yard, the backyard. We, we will share this with anybody and everybody. It's the truth wherein we stand. So Paul said, I'm ready to preach the gospel. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel because here is a definition by Paul on what the gospel is. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jews first, of course, but now it's also to the Gentiles. And in Rome, when you study this out, it's a great study. When you study it out in Rome, it was Paul who took a stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. He stood up for the gospel and he preached the gospel to everyone he came in contact with and that landed him in jail in Rome. And while Paul was in prison in Rome, history, Josephus, the writer, history reveals that the authorities had to change his guards daily that guarded his cell, otherwise they would be converted. That's pretty powerful. 
That is powerful. They, were, they, they would be converted by the preaching of the Apostle Paul. Now think about this. Paul is in the dungeon. Paul is in the innermost dungeon. They have to bring new guards every day. Otherwise, he will convert them. He was sold out. Can I just tell you, the church today is sold out. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, through all, and in you all. His name is Jesus. There's no other Savior. There's no other Redeemer. There's no other Healer. There's no other Keeper. I'm sold out. Hallelujah. I'm not looking for another gospel. Neither is there salvation in any other name, for there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Thank God for the name of Jesus and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Apostle Paul, in a dungeon, writes back to the church. And this is what he says. I salute you from all the saints that are in Caesar's household. In other words, he said, I may be in the dungeon, but I have preached from this position to so many people that it has infiltrated Rome and I've got converts that are in the house of Caesar. Can I tell you, that's powerful. The, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ cannot be stopped. You may try to burn it, it won't burn. You may try to destroy it, you can't destroy it. It's forever settled in heaven and earth. And let me tell you right now, there is not another gospel and this gospel shall be preached in all the earth until Jesus Christ comes. There's gonna be a witness and New Life Christian Center for 90 years. You have been a powerful witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm proud of this church and I think you ought to give yourself a hand clap for loving the truth, buying the truth and selling it not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It was the Apostle Paul who admonished Timothy, his son, in the gospel. To be aware of the evil spirits of the last day. That's what Paul told him and shared with him, and he was concerned about it in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Now the Spirit, God's Spirit, speaketh expressly. And this is what God's Spirit is saying to you, Timothy. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Why are they departing from the faith? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now Paul is saying to Timothy, that's going to happen in the last day. There are those who are going to depart from the faith. That's what the King James Version says. The Amplified Bible says, In latter times, some will turn away from the faith. The New American Standard Bible says, In the last days, some will fall away from the faith. The New International Bible says, In the latter times, some will abandon their faith. And we have seen this. We have seen those who have departed, turned away, fallen away, those who have abandoned the faith. But let me tell you something. Whatever they have gone to, it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ because the gospel of Jesus Christ is beyond duplication. Now, the world tries to duplicate the outcome of the gospel. 
but it is the gospel that will set you free. There's no freedom in this world. Real freedom, true freedom comes through Jesus Christ. He is the great God and Savior of all. It's beyond duplication. Look at Galatians chapter 1, starting at verse number 3. Grace be unto you, and peace from God the Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he said, and it was in our text, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there would be some that would trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, let me say it again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Can I preach to you right now that this is the gospel that will save? Can I get a witness that you have come to him through the gospel or the good news of this book and God saved you? How many remember when you was lost outside of the ark of safety, undone on your way to a devil's hell. But the gospel of Jesus Christ got a hold of you and turned you around and made you a new creature and put you on the path to heaven. You was on the broad road that led to a dead end. It's a paradox, but now you're on a narrow road that leads to life everlasting. Is there anybody here that can attest to the fact that you was lost, you was undone, you was outside of the ark of safety, but somebody preached to you the gospel of Jesus Christ? Gospel means the good news. Is there anybody thankful for the good news of Jesus that he can turn your life around this morning? Through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, he can. 1 Corinthians 15, 2, by which also you're saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, and listen to the words of Jesus. In Matthew 4, 23, Jesus went about all of Galilee. What did he do? Teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. This is an important statement right here. And healing all manner of disease among the people. The Lord God, during his earthly ministry, associated the gospel with healing. Is there anybody here that can attest to the fact that he is a healer? Amen. That God knows exactly what he's doing. We did not pray in vain. Brother Wright, when you stood up here today, and you brought those names to us, and we prayed over those needs, we prayed in the name of Jesus. Because it's, there's power in his name. And according to the gospel that Jesus preached, he went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, 
preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of disease. I declare to you today that there's a God from heaven that has made his way into this house. We felt him here last night. There was an undeniable powerful presence of God that walked into this house last night in our prayer meeting and we literally felt fear leave this place. I felt fear make its exit from this place. Fear has no place in the kingdom of God. We are not governed by fear, but by faith. And I feel like the gospel that's in this house, there's going to be a healing this morning, a deliverance this morning, a blessing this morning, a renewing this morning. The Holy Ghost is in this house and God can touch you today. Woo. There is power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel is associated with healing. Not only healing, but there, when, when, you, when you start, when, when you start, del, when you start getting into the good news, let me give you some more good news. And gospel means good news. Let me give you some more good news. When you get associated with him, whoo, hallelujah. When you associate yourself with him, he is an encourager. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. You can walk in down, depressed, discouraged, despondent, but when you get associated with the encourager, he will encourage you. You'll walk out of here lifted up. I feel like somebody's going to walk out of here today. We're going to preach the gospel today, and I believe someone's going to walk out of here encouraged in the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe there's going to be somebody that's going to walk out of here, and when, when God encourages you, you're going to walk out of here saying, I did not think it would happen. I did not think it could happen. But you're going to walk out of here with a testimony. I went to the altar one day, and something got a hold. You know what that something is? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that can transform a life and bring encouragement to you. He will give you authority. He will give you authority. Hallelujah. I had prayer with Sister Serena on Friday, and, and while we was praying, the Holy Ghost interrupted us. And I told her, I said, now, Serena, I want you to know something. I want you to know that the God we serve has healed you once, and he will heal you again. Amen. Hallelujah. And she shared with me a powerful scripture from Nahum chapter 1 and verse number 9 that the affliction shall not come upon thee a second time. And we stand in covenant with that word, praise God. And we stand in covenant with the word of God. And I told her, now don't forget about the scripture that says that God will give you power over the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. Let me rephrase that. I've been reminded by Brother Vern that God will give you power over all the power of the enemy. And the word power for us means authority. So God... God gives us authority over the power of the enemy. I don't deny the enemy has power, but the church that has the gospel has the authority over the power of the enemy. I rebuke the devourer. I plead the blood of Jesus. I praise you for the victory. There's hope in this house today. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. The gospel is associated with healing as we found out in the, in the ministry of Jesus. Encouragement. The gospel brings you authority. The gospel brings you deliverance. And it brings you freedom. Woo, there is no freedom like the freedom you have. Can I just take you back since we're kind of stuck on this 90th theme today. Can I take you back and tell you that on this Sunday morning, can't nobody do you like Jesus. Now that's an old song. Hallelujah. Can I bring you, let, let me just kind of meander in the past and bring up another song from yesteryear. And pardon the grammar of this song, but I didn't write it. I'm just going to sing it for you. And nobody got a right like the children of the Lord who has seen the light. Hallelujah. That's a verse that simply means there's nobody that has a right like the children of the Lord that has the gospel of Jesus Christ. He'll set you free. He that the Son has set free is absolutely free indeed. Is there anybody here that thanks God on this Sunday morning for the liberty wherewith Christ hath set you free? Hallelujah. Jesus said this in Matthew 11. And it shall come to pass, it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of these, of commanding his disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now then John, John the Baptist, had heard in the prison the works of Christ, sent two of his disciples and said to Jesus, Art thou he that should come, or should we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. But he didn't stop there. He said, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Can I tell you on this Sunday morning, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It is still the power of God unto salvation, and Jesus Christ can set somebody free on this Sunday morning. If you believe that, clap your hands unto the Lord and give God praise and thank him for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus was asked, I suppose we could call it a very important question of his disciples. You know this story. Their question had to do with what they should be looking for concerning the end time. Tell us what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world is what they actually said. And Jesus said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. There will be false Christ. You'll hear about wars, rumors of wars. Nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended 
and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And as I've often said across this pulpit, America is not a wilderness without a voice. America is a wilderness with too many voices saying this is right and that's right and false prophets, hallelujah. Many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Then Jesus said in verse 13, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. I, 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 want, I, just, I want to go on record on this Sunday to tell you that I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm going all the way. I'm going with him all the way to the end. I'm going to love him with all of my heart. I'm going to serve him with everything that's in me. Hallelujah. As I said a few days ago across this pulpit, I don't know of a day that goes by that somewhere during that day that I don't think about him. I can honestly tell you that, and so can many of you, that I, there's just not a day that goes by where Jesus doesn't cross my mind sometimes. That doesn't make me right because sometimes he crosses my mind and convicts me of something I'm not doing right. So I don't want you to think that everybody here is perfect. I just want you to know that he's on my mind at least once a day, twice a day, three times a day. But let me give you some good news. Hallelujah. You are on his mind 24-7. He knows the thought he knows the intent. He knows your heart. He knows your feelings. He knows your anticipations. He knows the intent of your heart. He knows you better than you know yourself. So the best policy is just to throw up your hands and say, I surrender to you, Jesus Christ. I want your gospel to lead me, guide me, direct me, change me. Oh God, I wish God would come into this house and do that for somebody today. Woo. So watch this now. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. He wants you to, he, he is your victor. Praise God. I'll get back to the scripture in a minute, but th there was a time and I loved my pastor. Paul Jordan was my pastor and I loved him so much. And when I was like 13, 14, 15, all the guys in our youth group, uh, we were scared to death of him. When he came walking down, and, and that's one reason I really try to reach out to kids. Maybe my philosophy's been wrong. Maybe I should just scare them all to death. I don't know. But, you know, we, when Brother Jordan would come down the hallway, we'd all stand back. Here he comes. Here he comes. There he goes. There he, did he say anything? No, thank God he didn't say anything. Nobody told on us. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we're scared to death of him. But when I was 21 years old and we moved, had moved to Michigan and I came back to preach for him, he became my best friend. Hallelujah. I wasn't afraid of him. And the litmus test was all the, all the ministers in the church called him Doc respectfully. Hey, Doc, Dr. Jordan. Hey, Doc. And uh, I'll never forget that I thought I qualified. And so I was talking to him and I said, hey, doc, 
And he looked at me. And I said, oh, God, why did I? Oh, Jesus. Uh, he said, yes, can I help you? And I called him Doc from then on. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was sitting in his living room on a Sunday afternoon in Sister Jordan's Lazy Boy. They had two Lazy Boys that faced each other. So when they kicked the legs up, their toes was almost touching and so they, they could look back and forth. And so I was sitting in her chair on a Sunday afternoon and we kicked the lazy boys up. And I just, it just crossed my mind. I said, Brother Jordan, tell me about G.T. Haywood, a powerful, incredible black man pastored a church called Christ Temple in Indianapolis that, that saw the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. The gospel was revealed to him. He shut himself in his office for seven days and he came out without food and water. He came out with a revelation of the mighty God in Christ and took his entire congregation across the street and baptized them in Fall Creek. In Fall Creek. And, and uh, it was a tremendous thing. But back in those days, now you got to think, this is before the 1920s. This is the 19 teens. As a matter of fact, did he not sign your great grandfather's credentials? With, and so it goes way back, way back. And so he was pastoring a black congregation and a white congregation, about 50-50. Now that's unheard of back in those days. And so there were some people in the neighborhood that didn't like it. They didn't like that the black man was pastoring white people and black people in their neighborhood. And they sent him a word and said, Sunday morning will be your last service and if you come back Sunday night we've hired a gang in Indianapolis that's going to meet you in the parking lot of the church and they're going to take care of you. And so that Sunday morning brother G.T. Haywood announced and this is my pastor telling me this story. I asked him to tell me a story about G.T. Haywood and he said now I never met him but Sister Spillman who started our church told me this story about him. So this came from the founder of our church to Brother Jordan to me to you and, and so he said that that morning Brother Haywood preached and sent his congregation home said there will be church tonight and sure enough everybody came back that night and he walked in and, and somebody came up to him after church and said there is a gang out in the parking lot and they're waiting on you. And Brother Haywood said, tell everybody to go home. I'll be the last one to leave. They're not going to bother you. They're after me. And so Brother Haywood waited till the congregation left. He walked out on the front porch, turned around, locked the church and walked down the steps and down the sidewalk to face that gang that had been sent there to hurt him. And as he walked toward them, they jumped in their cars, they jumped on their motors, they, they ran, they got out of there as fast as they could. And the next day, the people who had hired them said to them, did you take care of the old dark preacher yesterday? And they said, oh no, you should have seen his bodyguards. He had one on both sides Hallelujah. You know what it was? The angels of the Lord encamp around about them that fear him. I don't know what you're facing, but the gospel says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll walk with you. He'll be your defense. There's nothing like the gospel. I'm telling you, there's nothing like the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's praise him right now. Let's praise him right now. Oh, hallelujah. 
Jesus said, but he that shall endure to the end, hallelujah, shall be saved. And the next verse, this is after wars and rumors of wars and nation rising against nation. And he said, just remember this, with all that's going on in the world, just endure to the end. He that endures the end, the same shall be saved. And then he said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached for 90 years in Lancaster, Ohio, for the world to know about the witness of the kingdom of God as a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. The reason God called this wonderful couple to the continent of Africa, not just Malawi, but the continent of Africa, is because the world needs a witness, and God put it in their heart when he was 20 years old and gave him a vision of what God is going to do in Africa. I believe that vision has started in Malawi, and it's going to spread across the continent because Jesus is coming back, and this gospel is going to be preached everywhere, and he's coming back. Get ready. I'm just telling somebody, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Jesus is coming back, and you've got to be ready. I've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. You've got to have the gospel of Jesus Christ to transform your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a scripture. Now, I, I did not I did not go. This is Revelation 5, 9. Revelation 5, 9. I did not put Revelation 5, 11 I did not put Revelation 5.11 in my notes. But just remember this. In Reve- I'm, I'll preach about this sometime. In Revelation 5.11, the angels had a song they could sing. But they did not qualify to sing in verse 9. Verse 9 was not for angels. They had to wait till verse 11 of Revelation chapter 5. Verse 9 is for us who have experienced the gospel. Revelation 5, 9, and they sung a new song. Has he ever put a new song in your heart? Mm. They sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. That's why the angels couldn't sing verse 9. Hath redeemed us to God by thy blood out of, watch this now, every kindred, every tongue, every people, and every nation. Can I tell you, this gospel is for whosoever will. It doesn't matter if you're red, yellow, black, white. It doesn't matter if you are a part of Russia or Ukraine. It doesn't matter if you're from South America, North America. It doesn't matter if you're from Africa or Europe. This gospel is for everybody, and this gospel shall be preached to everybody. It's for every tongue. It's for every people. It's for every nation. It's for everybody to sing the songs of Zion. And you can sing that song and I can sing that song. In closing, Mark chapter 16, starting at verse 15, and Jesus said unto them, hey, hey, guys, go. 
go in all the world. Preach the gospel just to the Jews. Is that what he said? Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Are there any believers in the house? In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm just telling you with the Apostle Paul, Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Now in closing, when we speak of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we speak of his power unto salvation. Again, we speak of his power unto the church that walks by faith. Everyone say faith. faith. See, what I feel God is going to do here in the altars this morning is he, there's going to be an impartation of faith. The gospel of Jesus Christ is going to bring faith to someone today. And that faith is going to cause you to rise up and believe. And when you believe, you will receive. I believe that. If you will believe you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We do not find anywhere, you cannot find in your Bible where the disciples ever prayed for God to give the Holy Ghost to anyone. He didn't, they didn't pray, Lord, give them the Holy Ghost. God, give them the Holy Ghost. Give them the Holy No, they didn't pray that. You know what they prayed? They prayed, Acts 2, they shall receive. Lord, let them receive why do we say that? Because he has already given it. It's already poured out. It's already falling in this place. Hallelujah. He doesn't come to give it to you today. He comes today that you might receive it. And so you cannot receive it with fear. You have to receive it with faith. And I feel God is going to, before we leave this place, is going to build someone's faith up to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, to receive a blessing to receive a financial blessing, to receive the, the Holy Ghost, to receive a healing, to, to receive a deliverance, an encouragement, a blessing. I believe it's coming, but you have to receive it. You've got to receive it. Why do we lift our hands? Why do we lift our hands? Hallelujah. So we might receive. Send it, Lord. I'm a candidate. I want to receive it. Whoo, Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith. I'm going to make several statements here in closing. And, and I want you to consider these statements. Faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when we repent of our sins, he will forgive us of our sins. Faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ is so important because when we have faith in his gospel, we can be buried in his name in water baptism 
and every sin will be washed away. Never to be the gospel, the good news. Faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ and he will fill you with the Holy Ghost and the fire. Faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ and when you call on his name, he will hear you. Faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ assures us that he loves us. Hallelujah. It's not, it's the devil's business to tell you that God doesn't love you. He loves you. Hallelujah. Faith that the gospel, and this is for all of us right now. This is a statement I don't know if I've ever made across this pulpit or not. Faith that the gospel is still the gospel. And he's in the saving business. I've got faith that the gospel still works. Woo, hallelujah. Victorious Vicky, how many months has it been? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, four, four, how many years did you? 40, 40 plus years. Nicotine had her. But three years ago, And for three years, she's been set free. That's not because of you or me or my preaching or our singing. That's because the gospel is preached and the gospel can set you free. The gospel is still the gospel. If God's ever blessed you, saved you, kept you, please stand on your feet and give God the glory for what he's done in your life through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you right now that he's still in the saving business? The world, I want to go on record today. The world does not define the church. They're trying to redefine everything imaginable. And I'm not even going to go there with details, but you know, they're trying to redefine everything. But there's one thing that they cannot redefine. There's not another gospel. It's beyond duplication. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're living in a world that is dark. Darkness will not define the children of light. You can be seated. I'm almost finished. The climate, the climate of his church will always affect the condition of the world. We are the light of the world. Now you may not understand this or even comprehend this or perhaps it's going to be difficult for you to believe, but the only thing holding this world together, it's not the U.S. government. It's not the free world. The only thing that's holding this world together are those who have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only thing holding this world together is the church. 
And can I tell you, when the church is gone, you don't want to be here because the enemy is going to be free to do what he wants. And one third of this world will be destroyed at one time. I'm just telling you, come on, get the gospel in your heart. Go with us. We're getting ready to leave this world. Jesus is coming back. So darkness does not define the church. The climate of the church affects the condition of the world and we are a city set on a hill. We are the salt of the earth. I shared this last night with the prayer team that gathered together here. Isaiah 60 and one, arise, arise, shine, for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. This is a prophetic word for this hour. Rise, shine, for the light is come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Now watch the next verse. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. I don't know of a better depiction or a more accurate, not better, but a more accurate depiction of our world than the fact that gross darkness has settled in on this generation. But don't stop reading. But the Lord shall arise upon his church and his glory shall be seen upon you. Hallelujah. When you walk out into a world that doesn't have peace, you bring them peace and joy and righteousness and truth and salvation. We are the light of the world, a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. And no matter how difficult the darkness, you can still sing with David. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. So when his glory rests upon his people, it will be because they walk by faith and not by sight. When his glory rests upon his church, it will be because we are the just. And the just, watch this carefully. The just shall live by faith. Not exist, not meander through life, but we live in him I live and I move and I have my being. The just shall live by faith. When he comes back, the Bible says he's coming back for them, for you, the church. Hallelujah. Not just coming back for those who remain. The word specifically says he's coming back for those who are alive and remain. There's some people that will remain, but that's not who he's coming after. He's coming after those who are alive and remain. How do I become alive? You get a hold of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.